book two chapter twelve of the mystical city of god volume two by the venerable sister mary of jesus of agreda this librivox recording is in the public domain book two chapter twelve what was concealed from the demon concerning the mystery of the birth of the incarnate word and of other happenings until the circumcision as far as depended upon the lord the coming of the eternal word as man was most fortunate and blessed for all the mortals for he came in order to give light and life to all those that were in darkness and in the shadows of death luke chapter one verse seventy nine if the foreknown and incredulous stumbled and hurt themselves on this cornerstone romans chapter nine verse thirty three seeking ruin where they could and should have found resurrection to an eternal life that was not the fault of the stone but of those that made of it an occasion of scandal and of harm to themselves only for hell the birth of the infant god was terrible since he was the strong and invincible one who came to despoil that armed enemy of his tyrannous rule founded in lies psalm twenty three verse eight who had held his fortification in unjust yet peaceful possession for a long time in order to depose this prince of the world and of darkness it was befitting that the sacrament of the coming of the word should be hidden from him because of his malice he was not only unworthy to be informed of the mysteries of the divine wisdom wisdom chapter two verses twenty one and twenty four but it was just that by divine providence the malice of this enemy should be blinded and confused in his malice he had brought into the world the deceit and blindness of sin and cast down the whole human race by the fall of adam accordingly lucifer and his ministers were left in ignorance of many things which they could naturally have known concerning the incarnation of the word and other events in the course of his most holy life a fact which it is necessary to take notice of in this history for if he had known for certain that christ was the true god he evidently would not have procured his death first letter to the corinthians chapter two verse eight but he would have sought to prevent it as will be said in its proper place concerning the mystery of the nativity he knew only that most holy mary had given birth to a son in poverty and in a forsaken cave and that she had not found even lodging and shelter also that the child was circumcised and otherwise treated as mere man all of which was calculated rather to mislead his pride than to enlighten it but he was ignorant of the manner of his birth and of the virginity of the blessed mother before and after the birth likewise of the message of the angels to the just and to the shepherds of their conversations and of their adoration of the infant god nor did he see the star nor did he know the purpose of the kings in coming to bethlehem although he saw them make the journey and attributed it to some worldly enterprise the demons were also unable to account for the changes in the elements the stars and planets though they well perceived these changes and wonderful effects they misjudged the words of the magi in the presence of herod their arrival at the stable and the adoration and the gifts offered notwithstanding that they perceived the fury of herod against the children and abetted it yet they did not understand his object and they stirred up his cruelty although lucifer suspected that herod was seeking to kill the messias he considered him demented and treated him with derision 
for in his pride he obstinately held fast to the opinion that the word upon entering into the world in order to set up his dominion would not come humbly and in a hidden manner but with ostentatious power and majesty while in reality the infant god chose a far different way being born of a mother poor and despised by men thus misled lucifer having noticed some of the strange events connected with the nativity called together his helpers in hell and said to them i do not find any occasion for fear in the events which we have noticed in the world it is true the woman whom we persecuted so much has given birth to a son but in such poverty and neglect that she could not even procure a lodging-place in order to be delivered we know all this to be far from the power and greatness of god if he is to advance against us as weak as we have seen this child and as we have assured ourselves concerning it he certainly can make no headway against our power we need not fear that he is the messiah since there is even a plot to kill him as being mortal like the rest of men this does not seem to point to the salvation of the world since he himself seems to stand in need of atoning for his fault by death all these signs conflict with the purpose of the messiah in coming into the world and therefore it seems to me that we can rest assured that he has not come yet the ministers of evil approved of the decision of their damned chief and they were all satisfied that the messiahs had not yet come for they were all accomplices in the malice and pride which blinded him wisdom chapter two verse twenty one it never occurred to satan in his vanity and indomitable pride that the majesty and greatness of god should humiliate itself because he himself sought after applause ostentation reverence and exultation wishing if possible to appropriate all honor to himself since all honor was attainable by god it never entered his mind that he would consent to the contrary and subject himself to humiliation so much abhorred by the spirits of evil o oh, sons of vanity what examples are not here given to you for your enlightenment great is the lesson which the humility of christ our teacher and our highest good teaches and urges upon us but if this does not move us let the pride of lucifer at least deter and frighten us o oh, vice o oh, sin dreadful beyond human imagination since it confused an angel of such high intellect so much that he could judge of the infinite bounty by no other standard than that by which he judged himself and of his own malicious disposition how far then does not man proceed in malice if to his ignorance he joins guilt and pride o oh, unhappy and most foolish lucifer how far didst thou go astray in judging of so reasonable and commendable a proceeding what is more beautiful than humility and meekness joined with majesty and power why dost thou fail to see insignificant creature that not to know how to humiliate thyself is only weakness of mind and comes from a base heart the magnanimous and truly great do not seek payment in vanity nor do they seek after what is low nor can they be satisfied with what is false and apparent it is evident o lucifer that thou art shut out from truth and but an ignorant guide for the blind matthew chapter fifteen verse fourteen since thou didst fail to understand that the greatness of the bounty and love of god romans chapter five verse eight 
manifested and magnified itself in humility and obedience even to the death of the cross letter to the philippians chapter two verse eight all these errors and insanities of lucifer and his ministers were known to the mother of wisdom and our mistress and with a just appreciation of such high mysteries she magnified and blessed the lord because he had concealed them from the proud and arrogant and revealed them to the poor and humble thus beginning to overcome the tyranny of the demons matthew chapter eleven verse twenty five the kind mother offered up fervent prayers for all the mortals who on account of their faults were unworthy of seeing the light which for their salvation had appeared in the world of all this she reminded her most sweet son with incomparable compassion and love for sinners in these affections she spent most of the time of her stay in the cave of the nativity but as this place was bare of all comfort and much exposed to the inclemencies of the weather the great lady was most solicitous for the shelter of her tender and sweet child as a most prudent mother she had brought along a mantle with which she covered him in addition to the ordinary swaddling clothes moreover she held him continually in the embrace of her sacred arms except at times when in order to make st joseph happy she asked him to hold his incarnate god in his arms and serve him as a father when for the first time she placed the infant god in his arms most holy mary said to him my husband and my helper receive in thy arms the creator of heaven and earth and enjoy his amiable and sweet company in order that my lord and my god may be delighted and recompensed by thy faithful services proverbs chapter eight verse thirty one take to thyself the treasure of the eternal father and participate in this blessing of the human race and speaking interiorly to the divine infant she said sweetest love of my soul and light of my eyes rest in the arms of joseph my friend and spouse do thou hold sweet intercourse with him and pardon me my shortcomings much do i feel the loss of thee even for an instant but i wish to communicate without envy the good i have received to all that are worthy wisdom chapter seven verse thirteen her most faithful husband acknowledging this new blessing humbled himself to the earth and answered lady and sovereign of the world my spouse how can i being so unworthy presume to hold in my arms god himself in whose presence tremble the pillars of heaven job chapter twenty six verse eleven how can this vile wormlet have courage to accept such an exalted favor i am but dust and ashes but thou lady assist me in my lowliness and ask his majesty to look upon me with clemency and make me worthy through his grace his desire of holding the infant god and his reverential fear of him caused in saint joseph heroic acts of love of faith of humility and profoundest reverence trembling with discreet fear he fell on his knees to receive him from the hands of his most holy mother while sweetest tears of joy and delight copiously flowed from his eyes at a happiness so extraordinary the divine infant looked at him caressingly and at the same time renewed his inmost soul with such divine efficacy as no words will suffice to explain he broke out in new canticles of praise at seeing himself thus enriched with such magnificent blessings and favors after having for some time enjoyed in spirit the sweetest effects of holding in his arms the lord who contains heaven and earth isaiah chapter forty verse twelve 
he replaced him into the arms of his fortunate mother both of them being on their knees in receiving and giving him similar reverence the most prudent mother observed every time she took him up or relinquished him in which also saint joseph imitated her as often as it was his happy lot to hold the incarnate word when they approached his majesty they also made three genuflections kissing the earth and exciting heroic acts of humility worship and reverence thus both the great queen and blessed joseph observed all propriety in receiving or giving the child from and to one another when the heavenly mother judged it time to nourish him at her breast she reverently asked permission of her son for although she knew that she was to nourish him as her true and human child she nevertheless bore in mind that he was at the same time the true god and lord and that a great distance intervened between the infinite being and a mere creature such as she was as this consciousness was unfailing in the most prudent virgin her reverence remained faultless and undiminished and permitted not the least forgetfulness in her she was always filled with a comprehensive insight and she always reached perfection in all her acts therefore she nourished served and tended her child not with an uneasy haste but with unremitting care reverence and discretion causing ever new admiration in the angels whose celestial understanding reached not so far as to comprehend such heroic acts of a tender maiden as they were always corporally present during the time which she spent at the gates of bethlehem they administered to her in all things demanded by the service of the infant god and of her these mysteries are so wonderful and admirable and so worthy of our attention and remembrance that we cannot deny our negligence in forgetting them and cannot acknowledge sufficiently what harm we are doing ourselves in ceasing to think of them nor do we sufficiently understand the divine effect which the memory of them produces in the faithful and grateful children of the church from what has been revealed to me of the reverence with which most holy mary and the glorious saint joseph as well as the angelic hosts treated the incarnate god i could easily extend my discourse on the subject though i refrain i yet wish to confess the want of reverence with which i have until now audaciously behaved toward god and how many faults of which i have been guilty toward him in this respect have become known to me as i said and will relate farther on in order to assist the queen all the angels of her guard remain present in visible forms from the time of the birth until the flight of the child into egypt the solicitude of the humble and loving mother for her divine infant was so unremitting that she would not part with him to place him in the arms of saint joseph or into those of the holy princes michael or gabriel except on rare occasions when she was obliged to take some nourishment for these two archangels had besought her to consign the child to their care during meals or when saint joseph was at his work thus he was placed into the hands of the angels in admirable fulfilment of the words of david in their hands they shall bear thee up etc psalm ninety verse twelve the most watchful mother would not take any sleep in her solicitude for her most holy son except when his majesty commanded her to do so in reward for her diligence he provided for her a new and more miraculous kind of sleep than that which she had until then enjoyed for while she slept her heart was awake continuing or rather not interrupting the divine intelligence and contemplation of the divinity canticles chapter five verse two 
but from this day on the lord added still another miracle namely during the sleep which was necessary she retained in her arms the power of holding and embracing the child in the same way as if she were awake and she gazed upon him with the eyes of her intellect as if she were looking upon him with her bodily eyes understanding all that she herself and her child did exteriorly in the meantime thus was miraculously fulfilled what is said in the canticles i sleep but my heart is awake the canticles of praise and exultation of the lord which our celestial queen composed in honor of the child alternately singing them with the holy angels and also with her spouse joseph i cannot express by my limited terms of speech of them alone there would be much to write for they were uninterrupted but the knowledge of them is reserved for the special enjoyment of the elect among all mortals the most faithful joseph was privileged and blessed in this respect for in many of them he himself participated and many of them he understood beside this he enjoyed another favor of singular benefit and consolation to his soul and procured for him by the most prudent virgin namely many times in conversing with him of the child she spoke of him as of our son luke chapter two verse forty eight not that he was the natural son of saint joseph since in the supernatural order he was the son of the eternal father and in the natural order the son of his virgin mother but because in the opinion of men he was reputed to be the son of joseph this favor and privilege was of inestimable value to the saint and caused him immeasurable delight on this account his heavenly spouse delighted in using this appellation when conversing about her son instruction which the queen and lady of heaven gave me my daughter i see thee full of devout emulation of the happiness which the intercourse with my son afforded me my spouse and the holy angels since we beheld him present to our bodily eyes as thou desirest for thyself if it were possible i wish to console thee and guide thy affections toward that which thou thyself canst and should do according to thy condition in order to attain the same happiness which thou covetest in us for this purpose beloved recall what thou hast already sufficiently understood concerning the ways of god in raising up those souls whom he seeks with paternal love and affection thou hast attained this knowledge by being favored with so many particular calls and enlightenments of the lord wherein he continually waits at the portals of thy heart and urges thee onward expecting thy conversion wisdom chapter six verse fifteen thou hast seen him drawing thee to himself by repeated favors and by most exalted doctrines selecting thee for the narrow bands of his loving intercourse letter to the colossians chapter three verse fourteen and the great purity due to this concession faith likewise teaches thee that god is present in all places by his essence and by the power of his divinity and that to him are open all thy thoughts thy desires and sighs without exception if thou cooperate with this truth so as to preserve the graces which thou receivest through the sacraments and other channels divinely instituted the lord will remain with thee also by divine and special assistance and in it he will regal thee with his love as his chosen spouse now since thou knowest and understandest all these truths tell me what more canst thou envy or desire when thou already possessest all that thou so anxiously sighest after 
what i require of thee and all that remains for thee to do is that thou exert thyself in holy emulation to imitate this intercourse and reproduce in thyself the disposition of the angels the purity of my husband and to copy in thyself my life as far as possible in order to be a fit dwelling-place of the most high first letter to the corinthians chapter three verse seventeen thou must direct all those endeavors all those desires and exertions with which thou wouldst have wished thyself to be animated if thou hadst seen and adored my most holy son in his birth and infancy toward the fulfillment of this doctrine for if thou imitatest me thou mayest rest secure that thou hast me as a teacher and the lord as an assured possession of thy soul in this assurance thou canst speak to him embrace him and delight thyself with him as with one who is present for in order to communicate these delights to the pure and untainted souls he has assumed human flesh and become a child but always look upon him as the great god though a child in order that thy caresses may be guarded by reverence and thy love accompanied by holy fear for the one is due to him as god and the other befits his immense bounty and merciful magnificence in this manner of intercourse thou must continue without intervals of lukewarmness lest thou disgust him thy legitimate and chosen occupation should be none other than the love and the praise of the infinite god all the rest thou must enter into only sparingly in such a way as if visible and earthly things scarcely concern thee and cannot detain thee even for a moment thou must maintain thyself in this soaring height so that thou seem not to have anything earnestly to attend to except to seek the highest and true god me thou shouldst imitate and for god alone thou shouldst live all the rest should not exist for thee nor shouldst thou exist for it but the gifts and blessings which thou receivest i wish thou dispense and communicate for the good of thy fellow-men observing the perfect order of holy charity thus thy gifts will not evaporate but be still more increased first letter to the corinthians chapter thirteen verse eight in all this thou must keep the regulations which befit thy condition and state as i have already shown and instructed thee in other places at other times End of chapter 12